And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both detailing success and the detail mafia, Rennie Doyle. Good morning, everybody. Hey, happy Wednesday. How's it going? You know, it's uh, it's an amazing day, uh, exciting day, uh, exciting times, exciting month, busy month. Um, God, just a lot of cool, cool stuff going on. You know, it's a lot of good stuff going on. I'm really, I'm really amped up about today's topic. Uh, we're gonna get into it, and you know, we'll, we'll announce it right now. Against all odds, you will succeed in your service business. This isn't a downer. This is a shot of reality. In why right now is probably two two things that I know for a fact that this is the best time to do. A, if you want to go become a commercial pilot, I've got several com- uh, friends of mine that are commercial pilots. Uh, if you're young, go look into that. Especially Southwest, they got a really aggressive program. And then if you want to be an entrepreneur, especially uh, a blue collar service industry entrepreneur, no better time. And we're going to share uh, how it's. Uh, I won't say it's easy, but for those with the right traits. It's going to be. Um, so, you know, it's an exciting time. But uh, what a great week last week. Uh, we got a crazy, you know, we got a crazy month. August is nuts. It's been a crazy <laughs> summer for a lot of us. And uh, just so you know, I do have a, uh, a pet in the shop today. Uh, it's called a very annoying fly. Uh, with all the fly zappers and everything else, this dude will not die. He won't die, huh? He will not die. You need you need my you need my dog in the shop. He's a fly hunter. Oh man, look, he's on me right now. It's like, come on, dude, really? It's like, I mean, as soon as I walked over here, I was like, man, there's always one. Every August and September, there's one fly that'll land on my head. And you know, if I had hair, you couldn't see it. But you know, unfortunately. I got I got to ask, what's on your shirt? I haven't seen this one. Before. Oh, this is uh, my my best buddy Rich gave this to me. It's, it's uh, Doc Holiday. You know, a little famous saying on the back. Yeah. So, just wore it, Rich. Thank you. I love it. We got a lot of weird, weird, uh, unique things that we love, and this is one of them. I and, just watched. Uh, I just watched part of that movie over the weekend. It was on, and so I landed on it, and uh, yeah, saw that scene. You know, he says it twice in the movie. When it's and, actually misrepresented, it's not Huckleberry; it's Huckleberry. Yeah, you know, I was reading into that, and there's a lot of uh, back and forth on that. There one, is, you know, there is. But but yeah, e- either way, it's still kind of cool. It is. I, I'd like to hear what Val Kilmer. I mean, you know, if they if they misrepresented the movie, you're never going to hurt hear that, right? Because they can't make mistakes. Um, or, you know, it's a saying that has gone on. I mean, God, when did that movie come out? I mean, 20, yeah, 25 years. That's ago. the interesting thing, right? It's not something that uh, that I read anywhere that actual Doc Holliday said. It was just in the movie, from what I can tell. Right, and so. I think it's helped make it a movie legend, and it's definitely one of those things, you know, a cult, you know, uh, um, something that's just, you know, it's got a following still, and a lot of young people still, you know, follow it. And, yeah. you know, it's funny, our, my, my 19-year-old daughter was giving her directions yesterday to somewhere she went to go pick something up. And I said, hey, yeah, it's Caddy Corner to the gas station. Did you know that this generation has no idea of what Caddy Corner means? I, I believe it. I'm, I'm always, my kids are always like, what does that mean? <laughs> right. And I'm like, I mean, really? And she's like, you got to stop using it. The term's not used anymore. So I just used it. I mean, yes, it is. It's it's used all the time. And, you know, it's just sad because it was kind of an example. She's a good kid. But, you know, people aren't, I mean, I know times change, but 
that term's probably been used. I'd like to look it up and see how old it is. But, you know, gosh dang, it's not about changing to this generation. Sometimes you just got to – I like old school stuff, you know. Well, look it right here. It's on my shirt right now. I mean, this goes back. I'm sure it would be interesting. I've never really looked it up to see if it was a saying back in the day, you know, where gun, gunslingers, which gunslingers, the whole thing on gunslingers, most gunfights were done with a rifle, not with a handgun like they say. Um, but – It'd be interesting to see some of these sayings, how far the back. I mean, there's so many things, the whole nine yards, you know, is you're going to give it your whole nine yep. yards. That comes from, you know where that comes from? Chris, no, you there? I don't think I do. So the whole nine yards, a, 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 um, the, the waste gunners, uh, on, on the B-17s and other wep and other guns is their ammo. It was nine yards. It was nine yards long. And so when they said it, I gave, you know, I gave it my whole nine yards is that basically meant they went through that whole portion of ammo is that's where that comes from. I had no idea. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when we're, when we're, we're on the topic of cool words and sayings, you know, I taught my kids yesterday, uh, the German word for broad, you know what it is? What? Keep them from flopping. <laughs> Come on. That was a joke. I don't, I don't get it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. So, you know, somebody's asking me uh, just just the other day. They, they saw me with my the cups, the new coffee cups. And they said, hey, man, what, why do you have your name on a coffee cup? And I said, exactly. There you go. <laughs> joke, too. Yeah. Um, hey, so, you know, small talk. We're going to jump into this again. Um, I think it's a perfect time to succeed in the service business. You know, we're going to, against all odds, you're going to hear this. We're going to share some. Uh, government and private sector uh, statistics on survival of businesses. I think in service businesses, these numbers are a lot worse. Um, of course, these numbers are dependent on the industry uh, and on a lot of individual facts, but it, you can't change these numbers. These are actually very real numbers, and I think that they're a little aged, meaning that I think that during the age of COVID, and maybe going into this next slowdown, I think they're going to even be a little different. And uh, But, you know, what doesn't matter to me, and it won't matter a lot, and I hope we give you enough uh, words of wisdom today that it won't matter to you. And we're going to tell you why it's just a great time to, to uh, start building a business today, a lifestyle and wealth-generating combo that will, will, would and should and can survive uh, pretty much anything. You know, it's you just got to be smart about it and, and take some easy steps. But... Um, you know, as we mentioned, crazy August, you know, last week we had a five day training. Uh, it, it, it was a great class, young class, average age. I think if I had to average it out, it was probably 24. Usually we don't have that young a class. They did amazing. It was a fun week. It was action packed. It was, it was, it was good. Uh, this week we're preparing. I'm going out right after this is done. Uh, we are doing a outdoor leadership course, um, in a two-day course, and uh, I'm going to go out and set the nav course up. We've got two nav courses, uh, and one of them, the long course, is going to be ran at night. It's actually a course that I've already got pre-set up uh, on my GPS. I just got to go out about five miles from the house and go into the backcountry where we're going to spend the night back there. So that's going to be really fun because it's really about teamwork, the importance of teamwork, um, leadership, followership, all these different things that, that entrepreneurs, that all of you should know, and a lot of them, a lot of people just don't. And so um, it's going to have some challenges, 
Uh, for some, maybe have to uh, face some fears. Uh, for other people, they're going to be really they're going to be really comfortable. And I and I hope that everybody uh, at the end of it, we have I think fourteen or fifteen people coming out. We have yep. somebody Andy's having some struggles right now. And Andy, if you're listening, even if you're not, you know, prayers went out this morning. I woke up thinking about you and your family, and uh, I hope overnight things change. Um, next week we go up to Monterey for the Monterey event. So, um, you know, team double black is going to be up at Monterey and the following week, we come right back into training. And then the last week, uh, leading into Labor Day weekend is I'm back in Tennessee for motorhead garage for some filming. And then Diane's going to come back for the, the uh, Labor Day weekend and join me. We're going to go look at some property and stuff back in Tennessee and just explore a little bit and have some fun. So, I've got a little fun. Chris doesn't even know about this. I have a little fun at the end of the podcast is that I, I want to go, you know, we're going to talk a lot about um, foundations today is that there's commonality in business. I don't care what business you're in, there's commonality in it. And a lot of these are very um, traditional. And so I want to go back to something, a little challenge for tradition uh, that I'd love to see if I can get a couple of people to partake in. So so let's jump into this, Chris, and talk about this. So the failure rate of businesses, it's really dependent on a lot of various factors, right? Industries, location, economic conditions. Um, and then also the definition of failure is that a lot of times is people jump into business and it's okay when, when things are struggling to jump out of business full-time and do it part-time. A lot of people don't realize that. I don't see that as a failure. Obviously, I think I think it's a success when somebody realizes that and they're willing to stay at it, and they just they they slow their progress down and they make it their side hustle until it can become their full time hustle. So all these could be read into these numbers. However, however, it's commonly cited that a, lot, a significant number of businesses do not survive their first few years of business. Um, according to the uh, SBA administration uh, or Small Business Administration. About 20% of all new businesses, they fail the first year, 20%. And, and around 50, this is a huge number, about 50% fail by year five and 70% by year 10. That's an alarming number. Now, when it comes into service business or, or low-cost entry businesses, uh, like a lot of us run, is that number is even higher. And the reason why is because people jump in, they don't have adequate funds, they don't have adequate uh, knowledge, they don't have adequate um, reality checks and the failure rates even higher um and so it's it's really scary so but it, it's really important to note that these situations are are not universal it's it's it doesn't have to be you and, and again um each 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 person's kind of kind of describe their own success rate and what they're going to do um now with us having a little higher than average a lot of that what what's that due to why 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 does service business, particularly detailing, have a higher it's a higher fail rate? Is a lot of people get into it because it's just it they're into survival. That's how why I entered it in the first place. I told the story many times of getting my mom and grandma off of welfare, but then I fell in love with doing it. I fell in love with the airplanes. Uh, I fell in love with the cars. I was doing something that I really really enjoyed. Why did I jump back into it? In the early days, is that I I got in a pickle, man. I made some investments. They went bad. Jumped back into detailing. Never left. Now the difference is, I started a lot of different um, businesses in different and different uh, sectors outside of this industry in different industries, and I think that's uh, an opportunity that a lot of people just don't look at. Is you don't look at spreading out your your wealth and investing once you start making money and other things and have different streams of income. Um, so now, how do you hit a bullseye? How do you hit 
right on target. Um, and why is it the perfect time to build a wealth, uh, a, a wealth bearing, self-sustaining entrepreneurial business? Why, why is right now it? Is society's weak. I, I hate to say it. And I'm not going to blame it on. I think the younger generation is a little softer than the previous generations. You show up and you go hard and you're animalistic is you're going to do if you show up, you're going to do OK. If you show up and, and you're hardcore and you follow some of these guidelines we're going to talk about today, you're going to do super well. You're, matter of fact, you're going to do better than previous generations ever dreamed of because we do have a lack of serious competition right now is the drive and ambition of a lot of people. A lot of people want stuff handed to them. Doesn't matter. And I'm not going to I'm not going to call out a generation. It, it, it's universal right now. People want handouts. They see it. Me too. Crowds. They 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 don't want to go out and they have no realization. And that's maybe why for the last you know fifteen hundred years the, the the failure rate at year ten has been so high. Is that people give up a forty hour job for freedom to work eighty hours and 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 they're enslaved. And that's wrong. Is is again go back to what I just said. Is that you've got to take and build a business up. That is a, a self-sustaining life and lifestyle and an and income generator is that if you just build a business to be your own boss, at some point, I can guarantee you, you're going to be miserable. Most people won't admit it, but you're going to be miserable. Now, when they're, when they're by themselves or if there's somebody who they trust, and I've been, in, I, I've been in all too many of these conversations, they hate what they do now is because it's just not generating what they want. They're having to work way too much to generate what they could be doing at a job 40 hours a week. And so stay away from that. And these are going to be some hints on how to do that. So let, let, let the, the other key thing I want to do is so show up, but show up in a big way. But here's the other thing that a lot of people do when they go into business. Let your imagination run. Man, your dreams, that, that's where the power comes from. Your visions, that's where the power comes from. And your imagination is a gift from God, if you ask me. And, you know, think about when we were kids is all the imagination and dreams we had, all the ambitions we had is because we weren't tainted. And you know what? You can't let yourself get tainted, man. Let those dreams live. Even the far out dreams that people think you're nuts on is go ahead and let them think you're nuts. But share it with the right people is because if you share it with the wrong people, you know, especially non self-generating people, they're going to poo-poo all over your dream. They really are because they don't have your imagination. They don't have your dreams. Is You know, I rarely I had a really weird dream last night. I woke up this morning early with Diane and was telling her, man, I just had this. I rarely have bad dreams. You know, I, I have good dreams. I have happy dreams. Uh, but last night was weird as Darren was back to being a baby and we, we, we had to do a rough landing in, in, in an airplane, not a crash, and somebody was chasing us. She was two years old, and I had to climb over the top of a bridge, and she kept grabbing onto the cables that are on the bridge, and we'd almost fall. And I kept having to tell her, hey, don't, don't grab onto the cables. And she, she looked up at me, and she goes, why? And I woke up, and I was like, damn, what the hell does that mean, right? Um, but, uh, you know, let your imagination, man, let your imagination go. You know, that's that's the power of a, a good book, a good movie, even even good music is it 
it gets your imagination going. Right. And that's, that's something that helps relieve you of, of stress, right? Because you, you can kind of calm your mind and stop thinking about all those, you know, unwanted thoughts that keep pestering you and all that kind of stuff, you know, so just that little escape and just, even if you're diving into somebody else's imagination, right. It's their story. Right. Well, it can, it can, cause it can transpire over the years, you know, and I, I, you know, just on my way back from Air Force One, I'm going to go back up, you know, Diane and I aren't going to go camp when we're in Tennessee, but we're going to go explore. What do we do as kids? You know, I, I knew my town and the surrounding towns. And I, I mean, we used to take, and I grew up in a different time where we followed the road tracks. I mean, I, I've never done, it has to be about 18 miles. It'd take us two days. Um, we'd, we'd, we'd walk all day one day and camp out and then, and then walk part of a day and stay up there and then come back the next day and we'd do a whole day hike back home and we just learn how to get to the mountains we learn how to get places we we explored and we just you know we grew up in a rough little town that was safe if that makes sense i mean we just you know i mean i don't know it's it, I, I i grew up really i mean i can't i always wanted to get out of there but now that i'm an adult i realized that it was part of my imagination. It was part of my dreaming process is that it, it just allowed me to do that. And I think it's a shame when, can you imagine if Walt Disney didn't dream and vision, you know, if he right. didn't think like a kid, if he didn't think the happiest place on earth, I mean, he had to take and keep those images going. I mean, he was imaging thing. Here he is building Disneyland in California and envisioning Disney world in Florida. I mean, you just, you, it, it, to me, that's just, God, man, that's just magical, you know? Now, just bring that back down to your local level. You got to be real with yourself. But what's real is you can become anything you can. The, the biggest thing that's held me back is myself. I could have been a lot more, but I held myself back. And the biggest thing I did was not knowing any better when I became a father is thinking that I had to be kind of, you know, fit into this, this mold that I didn't need to fit into. Matter of fact, I didn't fit into it right. And it didn't feel right. And it didn't go right. And I just, I could have done a lot better job, you know, um, for my kids and myself and my wife, you know, but um, I did what I could, right? What I, what, I, what I thought was right. So now, you know, keep that imagination going and then just go absolute beast mode. People are soft today. Go hard, man. Is that, you know, people, listen, people work hard, especially in the service business, but there's a couple things they give up on. A couple things they don't do is hard work alone with just these hands, right? And I, I work real hard. I still got calluses all over from doing our remodel in our yard. But you've got to take and you've got to join. You got to you got to you got to take and bring together a lot of different things. And hard work alone is again just going to get you just where you're burned out, man. You're that yet you're just in a bad spot. I've seen it all too often. And so when I say beast mode, is this is what I mean? Work your ass off when it counts. When it counts, people are lazy as hell, and it's one of the best times to grow this business. But have impeccable manners. I'm going to lead into this. Have impeccable manners. We're at a place. I just traveled the whole western U.S., basically from Utah west, every single state, a little sliver of Arizona even. And you know what? We live in, you know, Chris lives in Los Angeles County, right? Uh, we get a lot of Los Angeles County people in Orange County and San Diego and people from Vegas up here vacationing where I live. People are rude all over the place. Yep. They're just rude. And so 
if you have impeccable manners and if you don't know what impeccable manners are, you need to learn them. I was really lucky, hardcore Italian grandma and mom and holy shit, I couldn't get out of line. I got out of line. I learned the value of, of please and thank you and, and yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, at a really young age. And if I didn't, it was a, it was a slap to the back of the head real quick. Uh, and my grandma knew how to pick you up off the ground by your ear. And was that abusive? Hell no. That was discipline. Um, and she taught us those impeccable manners. And then a lot of other things in life is taught that. And I've had to, I've had to revert back. You know, at times I've had to, I've had to remind myself impeccable manners. Um, be grateful. This is one of the greatest gifts. And I'm going to share something that I started doing probably about six, eight months ago is my three a days. I do. I pick out at night three things I was grateful for for that day before I go to sleep every single night now. And I'll tell you, it changed my life. But then I started about three months ago, two or three months ago. In the morning, I pre-picked out three things I was I really wanted to be thankful for at night. And I got to tell you, that combination is because I knew what I had to get done. It wasn't a things to do list. Most of the things aren't even aren't even business related. Most of them are people and relationship related. And I want to tell you, I think it's made an impact. I know it's made a huge impact on my life, but I think it's made an impact on the people around me, too. And so, you know, being thankful is huge. And that grateful attitude, I'm telling you, it's addicting. And so if you can take and even at your toughest times, be grateful because things are going to change is it will change your life. The other thing a lot of people don't, you know, I, I preach about it, man. Don't work for free. But there's times, man, when when bills are due, you got to put gas in the vehicle. Your kids need to eat is don't turn money down. Um, broke is broke. Uh, don't sell yourself out. Don't go cheap. Your menu shouldn't be cheap. But if somebody calls in and you're dead and they say, man, that's just above what I want to spend, I, I can't tell you how many times that I've I've taken and, and said, what's your budget? They give me a number and I didn't screw at that number, man. I, I took the money because that money was needed. And I just told them, listen, I usually don't do it for this. I'd really appreciate you. This is my normal price. You sound like a great person. I turned it on them. I didn't sound desperate. I, I never want to sound desperate. And I said, I really appreciate it, you know, that this isn't going to be the number. I'm not going to give this out to people. I can't get, I can't price it. But, you know, it, it, uh, today's a good day for me to take this. I think that you need it. And I'd love to take and earn your business uh, and your referrals. And I, and I got it. And so I turned it into something positive and, and, and I took the damn money because I needed it. Um, seriously, be connected locally is stop spending so much time on social media. I know it brings you in, in business, but you have no clue on how much more business you're going to get when you when people know you locally. When you walk in somewhere and somebody knows you and what you do and you're considerate and you've got those impeccable manners going and you're likable, which is the next one, uh, you know, it, it's you, you're not going to – you can't you, you, you can't beat that. And I'm not saying skip over being – you know, active on social media. That's one of the, it's one of the tools in your tool chest, but one of the tools that people don't do right now is a, I already talked about it. People are soft. B, you know, go, go animalistic on these guys, just go beast mode. And then see people don't get connected locally. Well, if you're doing it and the other people aren't, guess what? You're going to win that battle. And so it's, it's really important that you really get to be a known business and, and not just a business, but a supporter of the community 
and a good person in the community. Um, you know, most people going right into the next one is most people tap out at their 40, 40% of their ability. I've, I've, I've mentioned my friend Norman and I talk about this a lot, you know, is, is, is he's into, uh, you know, uh, jujitsu and other things. Um, I've always been into lifting, a, a lift this morning. I'm going to go back and finish after this is that if I would have, if I would have just, you know, hit stopped at, at what other people stopped at, I wouldn't have achieved the things I wanted to do in business when lifting and life and marriage is that there's times where Diane couldn't carry half the load. There's times that I couldn't carry half the load. There's times that I couldn't carry 20% of the load and Diane was carrying 80% of our relationship on her shoulders and vice versa is that that's, that's why we've stayed together is we both went way above what most people are comfortable with is you've got to make your starting point at the level that people can't even get to where they're gassing out. And that's 40%. Is that, how, what do I mean? Just overwork? No, 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 no. The distance being connected locally is not turning down money, being grateful, impeccable manners. And then the next one, include having this, including uh, this incredible energy about you, not just in your, in your hard work, but your energy, that people pick that energy up and they want to be around you, that's huge. That's going above where people are gassing out is be likable. You've got to be likable. Your delivery, what's your delivery like? When In a normal conversation, what's your facial expressions, your gestures? You know, I had a talk with Bob Phillips yesterday about how important body language is, you know, and it's hugely important. And most people, again, they gas out. They can't face it that <laughs> at times they've got, they've got some habits that need to be broke. Is that's where your starting point is, man. Your starting point's at that 40%. Is there times that you get tired? Yeah, rest. Rest up. Get good sleep. That's the other thing. Is all these guys, all these people out in the industry, man, is that they're, they're taking a gassing out. I can see it. They're bragging about how much they're working but they're going to gas out. They're, they're at that 40% right now. And they don't even know it. Maybe they hit 50%, but how long are they going to be able to hold on to that? And the, the thing is, is if you know when to put that, that pedal to the metal, if you know when to hit the afterburner and, and if you can see when your competition's weak, you don't have to talk shit about them like these idiots do. What you got to do is put the gas on. You got to get up and put, you got to hit 50, 60, 70, 80, 90%. And you're going you're gonna to go right past them. They're, they're not even going to know what happens. But you got to be visual. I don't really pay attention to them, but I let my community talk to me and tell me what's going on. Uh, and, and also, what's my phone doing? What's my emails doing? Are, are we staying consistent? If we're not, we're, we're not hitting 40%. We're, we're down below that. And so you've got to take and, 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 and run at a point. Now, what that means, too, is, is – being likable, and here's a big one. You got to have a vision plan. Remember going back up where I said, don't let anybody, anybody screw it with, with your dreams and your in your visions and and your imagination is that vision plans that I do it all the time. There's a board here right now. I'm redoing it, matter of fact. You have to have a mission plan. Is what's what's my mission? And you have to have a business plan. What's the difference between all these? One's a dream. One's a vision and one's a plan, execution. That's what everything in, in life comes down to is, you know, 
we say it in search and rescue. I've said this on this podcast a lot. The first thing about a search and rescue mission, whether it's with the civilian side or the military side, is the plan failing. Is that list everything changes? We get in the field. We a lot of times, you know, I've been dropped off in the helicopter a number of times, probably about a, a dozen, dozen and a half times by myself, or, or I'm the first one in, and we call it a little bit like drop shock. That's what we used to call it, because if you're in a hostile environment and it's kind of nasty and you're by yourself, it takes you a few minutes to collect yourself. Now, I was pretty fast at it. I had friends that they got off, they got off the, the, the aircraft with the toothpick in their mouth. And uh, when I flew in, when they flew me in, they were sound asleep already. I mean, they were just totally comfortable. The drop shock for them, I don't know even if it existed. What they had going was they were operating at a very high level. They were used to doing that. And because they're used to doing that, when they're putting into stressful situations, and that's what all businesses, that's what the leadership is this weekend. When they're put into stressful situations, they could act. They didn't mind. Their energy level, they knew when to tap into it and when they needed rest. That's a big plan. It's part of your plan. It's part of your mission, part of your business plan, part of your vision plan, all these things. The next thing is, and a lot of people totally miss, and I'm going to tell you right now, this next one's huge to my heart. My dog... Uh, boomer that just passed away he taught me this i'm so thankful that he got this for me because enjoy the ride the entire ride enjoy the moment one day <laughs> you're going to look back at all those those rough times those moments especially in your early struggles in those aha moments when you finally got it all together and the puzzle coming together and you're going to see that those were priceless moments and that's going to happen soon enough. I'll never forget. This is a cool story is years, years ago, uh, five years ago, five years ago is, uh, my, my daughter and I, she was born in Sun Valley, Idaho. And I did a lot of, of rescue search and rescue operations up in the sawtooth mountain range. And a pretty serious mountain range. There's a lot of exposure, uh, a lot of fun, playground, right? And we went up. She did her first 10,000-foot uh, peak, and we did it in, in, in fall. And there was already a foot of snow on the ground. Thompson Peak's over 10,000 feet. It was awesome. Um, but we're sitting, and we'd, we'd made it up. We, 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 we didn't quite make it to the peak because uh, the danger of slipping and falling. And I'd been up on a couple of body recoveries up there. But I got her to the 10,000 foot level and we decided, you know what, this is high enough. We're going to we're going to stop again. We we probably hit most 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 recreational hikers or climbers. We hit probably their 80 percent right there. And she's she was 14 at the time. Right. But I remember coming back down and we wanted to take a little break and just enjoy the moment together. You know, as daughter and, and father, we had this massive valley below us. We'd seen uh, we'd seen some wildlife down below there, you know, uh, earlier. And uh, I said, man, that was, was that, that was a total workout. Is that cool or what? She goes, yeah, dad, it was, but man, that climb allowed this view. And most people have no clue of what they're missing. The big climbs in your life are going to provide the best views later on. So savor that moment. It's not a bad time. It's a great time. You know, you, you just mentioned you took a break in order to enjoy it, right? You know, a lot of times, you know, the, the enjoying the ride part is a mindset, but it's also hard to do if you don't slow down a bit and take the time to enjoy the ride. Boy, Chris, if that ain't, you know, and, and we're coming back, we had Air Force One uh, almost a month ago, right? We're coming up on the one month mark when we traveled up there. And I, 
I got only got one night of camping out on the way up because it was kind of a rushed um, situation getting up. But I did that first night out in the middle of the high desert of Oregon. Uh, I just pulled off of a ranch, a ranch road, went about two miles up to where I was away from everybody, pulled my overland rig over, jumped back in the camper, expended it up, went to sleep. And the next morning I woke up with hearing cows. So, you know, here I am in my chonies, um, got up, opened the door, and the cows were like, where the hell did you come from? There's probably about a dozen. And uh, so I'm in there and having my morning coffee, and all of a sudden I start hearing more and more cows, and I hear uh, wranglers coming through, and they're moving a couple couple hundred head of cattle up. And it was pretty cool. I ripped my horses uh, as a roan, and one of the guys was riding a roan, and I went out, and this time I'm dressed, you know, got all my clothes on, and and so I come out and I said, that's a beautiful roan. I said, how, you know, how old is he? He's gilding. And he goes, oh, you know, roans. And I say, I got roan. And he, oh, he got a picture. And we're just talking about it, you know, and his horse is about three years older than, 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 than Rip. And we just, we just, here I am out in the middle of nowhere. And they go, you know, here, here, impeccable manners. This is their business. Okay. This is the kind of interfering in their business. Um, I'm on, I'm on government land. They're grazing it. Right. But, I am in their business. And the senior guy, there's a young kid out there. He was 16 years old. It was his first summer, his summer, you know, time out with his dad and grandfather. So the grandfather's talking to me and he goes, you know, we saw your truck up here. We figured you're probably asleep. He said, we were out here until, until uh, sundown last night. So we knew you got in later than sundown. So we, we held off about a half an hour before we brought the cattle up. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> you know, I mean, who does that? But to your point, Chris, I'll talk about the rest, the rest of my life. Yeah. On the way home, I stopped and really slowed down. And I had lunch and dinner with strangers along my journey. I had short drives in between my campsites. I, you know, mapped out where I wanted to go, kind of. I really mapped out what I wanted the train to look like because I knew what I could find. Because I wanted to find an access road that most trucks probably wouldn't go up. And they definitely wouldn't go up and camp because it was a little treacherous. And I wanted, I wanted water because I wanted wildlife. And so I mapped out the towns and that was it. And, you know... The 10-year-old me and the 20-something-year-old me was back. And he, that young Rennie came back to me on that journey and said, dude, I'm so proud of you. My heart's in the right place. My mind's you, in the right place. You know, you, uh, it, it's like following the railroad tracks again, except, you know, the grown-up version. It was. Yeah, now, you know, instead of sleeping out on a, you know, on the ground and which was really exciting back in the day, you know, I've got a cool camper and it's just a grown up version. And so I'm already planning my trip. I found a spot in Utah that I never knew about. I've been studying it for two years while we're having, you know, while we're building our, our, our overland rig, I wanted to go up there badly. I've been talking about it. Our daughter's in Utah. She scouts stuff out. She's a helicopter pilot. So she's constantly scouting out. I just gave her the close coordinates. Unfortunately, I was so into the moment that I didn't even mark where I camp on my GPS because I can find it. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I could drive there right now without using the GPS. I have no, there's no reason to, to even pull it up. That, that week, it, it doesn't have to be expensive. 
I could have done the same thing in a tent. I could have done the same thing with a tarp and a twenty dollars sleeping bag. Is that was the greatest gift I gave myself in a long time. Yeah. And the reason why is because when I became a father, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, right? A lot of us don't, but I didn't have any examples and I had only never really thought about being a dad, right? I mean, I was so living my life in my twenties, met Diane, and then, you know, we 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 fell in love and it it just all, you know, life went on, right? But I was I it, it hit suddenly and, 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 and the things that I thought I had to give up foolishly, I did because I thought I had to do it for the kids. No, I just needed to include them in it. And I look at fathers that were smart enough to figure that out. And, and I wish I was that now I did. My kids are passionate about snow skiing. Uh, a couple of my kids are just passionate about the outdoors. So, you know, I, I did things right. I just wish I would have done them better. And that's why I'm sharing this with you today. And I'm blunt. A lot of people won't be this honest about their failures. And I am. I'm telling you right now is a failure. The simple things in life can make you wealthy, but you've got to get out there and you've got to slow down and enjoy the moment. And it sounds nuts, but my creative side where I'm at right now in life is going to propel me to a, I don't even know where it's going to take me in the next five years. But I can tell you this, my life and the life of people, the closest people around, my circle is getting a little smaller. My friendships are getting wider broad, but the people I'm close to, I'm a little more protective over myself because I've been exposed to some things and I've learned some lessons and so forth. I've just set boundaries and a lot of people can't fit into those boundaries. And that's okay because just like there's different levels of business, there's different levels of friendship and that's not a bad thing still love people. I'll do anything for people, but you got to be willing to do it for yourself. If you're not willing to do it for yourself, you can't expect other people around you to do it. So one last couple big items is massive badass brains. You've got to have one of my one of my greatest one of my greatest teachers was I'm not a very handy guy mechanically. But I took wood shop for two years in high school. Took it. I took and I took metal shop for four years in high school. I learned to weld. Uh, my welds will hold together strongly, and they look like shit. Um, but I can put two pieces of steel together, and make it work. Uh, but I learned from that. And I, Mr. Willoughby, he used to say, <laughs> he would say, "Listen, it's so big, guys. You don't realize it. You know, as most of us have seen our dog shit in our yard. But have you ever seen how big elephant shit is?" is we've got to have you can't have dog shit for brains you got to have you know I, I was born in a tough situation i'm a smart guy i'm educated now I've, I've taken the time to get degrees i don't mean shit to me is i've got elephant shit size thoughts because and i say that as as a funny token to myself because of my add and dyslexic and everything else i'm not putting myself down i'm just having humor with myself but you gotta have badass brains is your badass skills are one thing but if you're going to succeed and develop a life that will sustain a good lifestyle, when business is done, when detailing is done, when you're done working with your hands, because it's going to happen, you might be 80. The guy I bought this shop from was 92 years old, and he was still doing remarkable builds of hot rods. That's rare. But he, like he told me when I met him and he was moving out of here, he goes, you know, 
Randy, I used to build three cars a year. He says, man, I, can, I do one a year now. And I said, well, that's enough, isn't it? He goes, plenty enough. Ninety. He's 92 years old, man. So you don't know what your journey is going to be, but it's going to change. And you got to take and build up that badass brain to handle those changes. Is the biggest the biggest thing that's missing by most small business entrepreneurs is they want to build up their business, but they don't build up themselves. Which leads me right into the last topic: is they don't define and refine, educate and connect their business skills with a super well-rounded entrepreneur mind and brain that is going to take and win all battles and win all wars is you've got to develop that side of you without that side of you. It ain't going to happen. And you can't get the, you can't let the creative side of you die and you can't let, you can't let the kid in you die and you got to be playful. And I know people say all the time, but I do what I love. You're going to be single minded. You're like a snowboarder. You can't think of two things at once. As a skier, I got poles in my hand. And I got two skis on my. I don't. I. I can. And I'm taking a shot at Diane, my wife, because she snowboards. So I say the kids are like, "Yeah, why mom snowboard?" She says, she's single-minded. She can't think about four things. You know, it's a joke. I do that with all. I either call snowboard. I have a lot of respect for snowboarders because they change skiing forever. You know, shape skis came from snowboarding. So, and I, I do it on a snowboard. I just enjoy skiing more. But you've got to define that. And you've got to relax. Without relaxation. You're going to train yourself to be hyped up, tensioned, constantly on edge, and you're going to think every single light is on you. It's not. People's lights are on themselves, and that's a good thing. But you've got to turn your light inward and put it on yourself and relax. And I hope that helps. So lastly, I got a little fun. I want to go old school. So I, I was, okay, Chris mentioned it. I was watching an old, I love old movies. And, and mainly because it reminds me of times with my mom and grandma as a kid. And um, it's just kind of going back and remembering my grandmother and some of her traits and all the things that she taught me and my mom and all the things she taught me and the, the generations of now teaching my children and, and our grandchildren soon, right? You got these multiple gen, and all all of us are going to hit that. Maybe you won't have kids. Maybe you'll have to teach your dog, your parrot, your cat, whatever it is. But I'm going to go back old school because I was watching an old movie, and the person was talking about the importance of writing a letter. And I've been able to see my grandfather was drafted at over 30 years old. Not drafted. He entered the army at over 30 years old in World War II. That's a little on the on the age side, but he felt he needed to do his part. Uh, he, was, he was fluent in, 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 in Italian. He had a lot of things going for him. But basically, he was sent home after being in Europe, and he was going to be on the attack. He was on a ship headed to Tokyo. They were going to land on the mainland of, 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 of Japan. And he wrote a letter home. And at the end of it, he goes, you know, my dear, I fear. He's writing to my grandmother and my mom. And he goes, my dears, I fear that we are going to land in Japan and there's a good chance this will be my last correspondence. Know that I love you. I love you all. And I hope that I can see you again. I want to take and have an intimate time. Emails rule the world right now. And let's face it. I mean, I'm Jesus. I'm 40 emails, 50 emails, 60 emails deep. 
I got that many text messages that I got to go through, right? Uh, I do. And, and it's just right now, it's because of our, our vision. I, I don't know if I'm going to catch up right now. It's just the truth. So if you sent me a text message, this is probably the busiest month of our year, you know, going on right now, you know, in the midst of it. So what I want to do is I want to start a pen pal is instead of emailing me, I want to hear your story, your successes, your challenge, your plans in a letter. I don't want to hear, I want to hear your dreams and your visions with me via a written letter, a pen pal letter. Now, what you're going to do is keep it pretty simple if you would, but I, I want to get to know you. And in that envelope, if you would send me back just a self-addressed, I'll, I'll put the stamp on it. Just send me a self-addressed. That way I don't get your, your address wrong or something like that. Um, and let's start a conversation is that I don't think too many people will take me up on this because it's, it's rare to get letters. But that's why I want to do it is because I want this to be a lesson to you. I, I watched a program where I was watching some very famous sports figures, and one of them really impressed me. Uh, all of these are really talented young men. But one of them, when he saw somebody wanting his autograph, he would, he would, he would stop. And this idea comes from him is he would tell his fans, listen, hey, man, you know, I'm not really big into emails. And emails are easy. And he would stop on every Tuesday, season or no season, and he would respond back to anybody that put a self-addressed envelope in with their letter. And if he can do that, I can do that. And I don't know if there's going to be interest or not, but I'm going to put out – you want me to put up the mailing address? Yeah, P.O. Box 700, Big Bear City, California, 92314. And oh, so, I, I, the 700 or 1836? No, nah, no, nah, 700 only, just P.O. Box 700. That will get right. there. But, um, you know, just, just, just let's see what happens. And here's why. When Most people don't write letters anymore. It used to be 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 27 years ago is everything was corresponded with the U.S. Postal Service, UPS, or FedEx, right? Is I can't tell you how much, you know, we did via that. Now it's all email. It's rare to get a letter. And so what I'm doing here is telling you, you want to get somebody's attention, write them a letter. Don't put it in the car. Mail it to them. Is that it's a special opportunity. I had somebody last week, after a week ago, that uh, I don't know if I should mention his name or not, um, he hadn't heard about Boomer passing away, and he sent me flowers. Chris, what was my? Were you here when when I got the flowers? Yeah. What was my reaction? Uh, tears. Be special to somebody. Eye sweating. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Yeah, there you go. That's okay. Um, be something special to your customers, especially special customers. And I want to hear your story. Is that you know, it's a podcast, man. I don't want trophies. Um, I don't care about that. I, I really don't. I mean, accolades and in and and recognition is cool, but really, what my recognition and trophies are is knowing that I helped Chris Phil's exact same way that we help one person at every podcast. That's been podcast. I don't know what podcast number is this, Chris. Now, one seven six, I think. So we just wanted one person. We said that from the very beginning is to make a difference in their lives. And so that, that's my, that's, that's my, that, that's my goal. And so let's start a pin pal. You know, you send me an email or excuse me, send me a, you know, send me a, a letter. 
and uh, I'll respond back. Uh, just make sure to send a little, just fold it over, you know, several times, put it in there, just address it, and I'll get a stamp on it, and I'll, I'll respond back to what you say to me. You're, you're going to see I'm paying attention. And I, I think this is a great way to, to take it to the next level. And uh, listen, we got a lot of cool podcasts out there, right? Um, but just live and love the moment. And uh, I want to hear your, 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 what you're doing to live, what you love, and, and live in that moment when I get to read your letter. So with that, hey, if you enjoyed this, uh, make sure to like it, share it, tell somebody about it. Um, and we love to hear from you. But an email is, is cool, but we sure would like, I'd like to be, I'd like to get a letter from you. And in response, I'll send one back to you. But, uh, hey, we, uh, we'd be wrongfully, uh, um, it'd, be, it'd be sad not to take and, and thank a couple people that do make this happen. And, you know, Bob and Dave Phillips, PNS, is that, you know, we started this. And I think the reason why, you know, we've been able to continue it is because of their continual support and the freedom to do a lot of these kind of things. And the same now. Um, you know, behind me, you can see up just off to my left, to your right, right there is Dynabraid, you know, is our new tool. And both of these are great partners. And we got a lot of products in the shop. A lot of people don't know this, but talk to anybody that's come through training. I don't know. How many different brands do we have in the shop, Chris? It's a, it's a lot. It's almost all of them. Yeah. And, and we're getting new ones all the time. Like, like we had some car candy stuff brought over to us last week. And, and let me tell you, car caddy, you know, there's not things that we bring into training right away. But once Anthony showed us a couple things, we're like, okay, that's coming into the training like right now. I mean, so we, we, uh, pretty cool. So look at that, man. We've got, uh, Jordan is, uh, water sanding at 356. Por oh, God, man, that's cool. Uh, you got me at, you had me at Porsche, Jordan. Um, <laughs> Yeah, most men don't get flowers. There. Yeah. yeah, I love that pristine auto detailing right there. They don't. They don't. Most men don't get flowers, and I. They're still right here, and I look at them every day, and I, I doubt them. Some of them are going to go in with boom, you know, just as a memory. Uh, touch me, touch me pretty seriously, and so you know, thank you. But um, hey. Go out and have a powerful week. We got a crazy week. I got to get back in the backcountry for a few hours and set up the uh, the course. Chris, let me know if you're missing anything. Uh, this no, is I fun. Think I think I'm good. We've uh, we've got you know, like I said, you know, well over a dozen people coming up here, plus instructors, and uh, you know, we hope to make this available to another one for the mafia next year, and then maybe one for the industry. You know, so. Yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll put some reels up, uh, you know, this weekend or Monday uh, when we're done. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So, hey, God bless everybody. You guys take care. Uh, thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see you next time. Adios, guys. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. 